Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast daily. Hope you have a great Thursday after joining us. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. And uh, three recruiting camps at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center are in the bank. So I think it's time for a little stonk watch. Oh boy. Oh boy. Berm might take recruits, probably. But for Bill or I or Berm, I'm going to stick with what we've learned about the current roster. As we've hinted, that's sort of what I'm trying to work on more than anything else. Bill is a little bit more of a hybrid because he goes and watches all the offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Jack, it's me. He breaks it down. And then Burnham is doing his thing at a high, high level. So I don't care how you do it. It can be recruits. It could be recruits who are going to work out on Thursday, later on here at the Woody, perhaps some quarterbacks. I don't know. Do whatever you want. It's just time for a three amigos stonk watch, which we haven't had in a while. Okay. All right. Who's going first? Bill's first. Uh, hmm, let's see. Who? Ian Moore. Yeah, Ian Moore. <laughs> yes! Ian Moore. I'm so good at predicting stocks. So I wasn't at the camp uh, last, last week. Yeah, when, last Thursday. Last Thursday when uh, Ian Moore and Mark Nave was also here, right? Um, Ian Moore was here by himself on, well, his dad was here, but he was here on Wednesday uh, camping. So I got to see him for the first time, um, at least in this setting. I saw him with the spring game and I was like, whoa, like, like, he looks like he's put some work in. And then I saw him out here working and like... I see. Like I, I, I was a little torn on whether or not, just me personally, sort of viewed him as more of a tackle or an interior guy. And I know some of the other recruiting services have him more as an interior guy than a tackle. Probably play anywhere, but I, I was curious whether or not I would look at him and think, like, no doubt about it, that guy can play tackle, and I believe that he can play tackle. Um, it's not just the size and the length, which he which he does have. It's the way that he bends and the way that he moves, uh, which I found uh, incredibly impressive while watching Wednesday's camp. So. Um, I was sort of of the mind of they've they got to go out there and get some surefire tackles in that recruiting class, and they probably still do, but but he is now one of them in my mind, definitely. I wrote about it last week. Like If that's not what a five-star offensive tackle looks like, then I don't know what they look like. And I think that a big problem with some of the recruiting services is that maybe they haven't seen him play. If you're thinking about that kid as an interior lineman, then you probably saw him a year and a half ago and not since because he's a legitimate six-foot-six. He's 310 pounds. He's got long arms. He's got a, like a wide base, good, like yeah. he's doesn't, there's nothing about him that doesn't look like what you want out of a high level Big Ten tackle. So um, it was good to see him back out again. He so, told me after last week's camp and unofficial visit, he just wants to keep working with Justin Fry as much as possible. And yeah, I know that Justin Fry and Mike Saleni like working with him as much as possible because they're getting to kind of craft him in, in real time. By my count, I think he won every single one-on-one rep that he had. He told me he lost one. He got got slapped in the head. I thought he got beat with his side hand, and then he was like, I got smacked in the ear. Those were not the words he used, but he (laughs) did. He used a more colorful I'm going to put in asterisks on that one. Okay. He's he's really impressive and and just a hardworking kid, too, which you just like to see. Indiana football is sneaky good, and they have like really good strength and conditioning programs in high schools in Indiana. And New Palestine is certainly one of those where they where they have put a lot of money into preparing football players. Um, I'm going to say stock. I want to stick in the recruiting theme here for a moment and just go stock up overall on Ohio State's chances with five-star running back Jordan Davis in the class of 2021, like number one ranked running back in the country, modern day high school. And let let take a little offshoot here. Uh, stock up on Ohio State's relationships at Modern Day High School because I think the Buckeyes are the leader for Jordan Davison and Brandon Baker, the offensive lineman in the class of 2024, who is the number one Excuse ranked me? offensive tackle <laughs> in the country according to uh, the composite rankings and stuff Your like that. Ears burning over here, and I think the Buckeyes lead for both of those guys. I don't know that there's a decision yeah. coming anytime soon for Davison, but uh, you get the sense from talking to people around the facility on Wednesday that 
they really felt like there's nothing else they could offer or show that kid and his family to, to, to make them feel like this is the spot. And they felt pretty darn good about where they stand. So I'm just going to say stock up on, on modern day. Because Xavier Brown's coming into town this weekend, a cornerback for modern day. So they're, they're really working. They've been trying to get into that building for a long time. And the time, is, time uh, may be now. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the, set the players aside, they're all really good players. Getting a foot in the door at modern day, especially now when everyone's like, oh, USC's back. They're going to take it over again. Like, that has my attention. Yeah, that was <laughs> – we definitely had spent more time at Bosco when we yeah. were working over there. I don't want to be left out. So I will, I will do a recruiting camp pick. And one of the members of the coaching staff walked over after on Wednesday and said, I don't know, have we ever had as many commits come camp? And I thought about it and, like, I don't really know. Berm would probably have an answer to that. But there have been, you know, guys showing up, whether that was last Thursday. Again, there were several uh, current commits working out for Ohio State on Wednesday. And then Bill and I were talking about it. Like, we don't know the exact numbers, and it's probably hard to quantify that. But it does seem to be more of a reflection of you're going to have guys, if you recruit the Midwest and you protect your home state, uh, and there is more talent in the state of Ohio, it's going to be more likely that those guys are going to pop in the door and come work out in camp season. Remember Jack Sawyer doing that with every conceivable opportunity that he had. Will Smith last year. Yeah, that's that's sort of the way it works. So there is a benefit. Of course, Ohio State is going to have to recruit at the highest level nationally to continue to compete for national championships. That's the way it works. You can't ignore that. Uh, for those who think that Ohio State has to have a stronger presence in the Buckeye State, I don't argue against that. There is intrinsic value in understanding the rivalry uh, being at a place that you're likely wanting to stay for three, four years and see your development out. Uh, I would agree with that stuff too. But at least in terms of coming out here in June, if if you're no more than three hours away, uh, even you guys talk about Indianapolis uh, or in the state of Indiana, you're going to be more likely to go pop in and see your future position coaches or get comfortable in the Woody. And I think that that's a positive for Ohio State. So yeah. you can't do it solely, right? You can't just re- recruit the state of Ohio and play for national championships and college football playoff, but uh, it, there is development opportunity by coming in the summer if you are local. And uh, as Bill pointed out, maybe there's just more high-level talent in the state right now. It was really easy seven, eight years ago to just recruit Ohio in a sparing manner where you're like, okay, that's a kid who can play here. Let's just go get him. That was Notre Dame was not very involved. Michigan was not involved. Kentucky was not at a level where they're actually a competitive SEC team. Like Cincinnati was not a national program until Luke Fickle put it on the map in that way. So now Ohio State has to show a much more concerted effort in the state to show some love to those kids, to those coaches, to those programs. And so it is important uh, even just to see Garrett Stover here on on, thir- on Wednesday, like he doesn't have to be here, but he wants to be here. And the, the recruits know, like, if you're a committed player at Ohio State and you show up at camp, the other recruits who are in town for, for visits or the other campers who were there that are dreamt about playing for Ohio State their whole life, like, they like, oh, that kid. Like, there's a lot of kids who show up here to camp that are just fans of Ohio State that want to say they got to camp with the Buckeyes. And those kids are just as likely to follow us on Twitter and be like, oh, there's Garrett Silver. That's awesome. <laughs> like, on Monday's camp with Mylon Graham here, for example, like, all the receivers are like, oh, that's Mylon Graham. He's committed to Ohio State. Like, it matters. And so it is a status thing, but it's also just a sense that Ohio State has to be able to to do both. They have to recruit all over. I think they got a pretty good show from Garrett Silver based on what I saw. Yeah, he's quick. James quick Laurinaitis feet. was really impressed. Uh, just some of the individual drills, the way he moved and – 
where Bill and I were watching him do some of the donut tackling drills. It's like he looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's like because he was a, kind of a safety, right, when he first committed, and now he's more of a, of a linebacker. He's a linebacker like, prospect all the way. But he still kind of moves like a safety. He's like he's he is more fluid than maybe you would expect from a guy that is projected as more of like an in the box linebacker. So yeah, he was super impressive. Um, My favorite thing with Garrett, with Garrett, and pardon my interruption, so, is that watching him in one on one stuff. It's not an ideal situation for the little cat and mouse game that you play with running yeah. backs and linebackers, especially when they do it in a passing situation. Because linebackers generally just haven't had that opportunity. He was super pissed at himself anytime something didn't go right. Like you can tell, this is a kid that a is Stover. No way. Yeah, he was <laughs> like he had a very angry disposition about him, uh, and he was then mad after the camp that he ran only a four five eight because last summer he ran a four five two, and he's like, yeah, I gained like twenty pounds, so I'm running a little slower. I got to figure that out. Like, take it easy on yourself. Like, four five eight. You're gonna be shabby. okay, man. Like, yeah. it's gonna be good. That sort of like. I have to dominate mentality is something that the Ohio State defense has been missing. And I, I just think it's a, a stock up for the future of the Ohio State defense when you have players like that. I think, Austin, you've, you've mentioned that like the way that they've structured this now, it's a little more difficult to actually watch some of the stuff we've been able to watch in the past with the current team. Mm-hmm. So we're more just kind of left to talking to people and then just watching guys walk, walk around. But sure. Got eyeballs on Arvell Reese for the first time Freak. on Wednesday, and that dude is gigantic. <laughs> I don't know uh, what he is, like linebacker, <laughs> defensive lineman, Jack, I suppose, like whatever. He is just a big dude for a guy who like just got here and is now just going to start getting into a college weight training program. Like I saw him walking around. I was like, that's a big high schooler. I thought he was here for the camp because there's a bunch of Glenville guys here, and he was walking around with them. Um, and then I realized who it, who it was while I was looking at it. I was like, okay, like – I don't. It's. I think they kind of took him, maybe thinking linebacker, but also open to the idea that there's some possibilities there positionally. Um, I don't really care where he ends up playing. He just like has the look of a guy who's going to be a monster wherever he settles. Austin, tell you last week we were talking to Mick Moratti out here and about Oof. some players, and and he said, you know who who is huge is Arvell Reese. <laughs> like so they they've seen it. Uh, I talked to Arvell last week at the first camp because he's just been here milling around, and he said he is a linebacker. Don't call him anything else. Yes, That's what he's working at. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't question him, um, but yeah, you can see like that that frame is very unique. Broad. Yeah, we we talked a lot about him when he committed about the positional flexibility, and I'm just trying really hard not to say Jack, but like I don't know. He seems like too big to play linebacker, and you know, uh, if you can play up like even a defensive end, or if you can compare that sort of positional flexibility, versatility into that Jack Leo hybrid stuff. I, I don't know where he fits because he just looks so unique. He doesn't he doesn't look like a linebacker, but if he says he's going to play it, yeah. I'm not going to argue with him. He looks, he looks like he's going to get built like Baron Browning and Hal Mitchell Bell. It's that, right it's that positionless football, though. Yeah. You just take a guy like that and you say, we'll figure out a spot. And that's where I think I'm at with uh, Ohio State in 2024 tight end Damarion Witten, also from Cleveland Glenville. I didn't know really what to expect out of Demarion. I've seen him play. I've seen him do some other workout stuff, and he's he's six foot two and a half, six foot three, measured in at like two hundred pounds today. Not a wide receiver by any stretch. Doesn't, but he ran like a four five five. They said, and and he caught everything. Really good, like high pointing the football. Athletically, understands how to use his body, like from playing basketball and other stuff. Like I just don't know where he fits, but like he fits athletically with Ohio State football. 
And I mean, I think that eventually, ultimately, put those words together, you have of ultimately. Yeah, that's right. Um, he, would, he will end up being in this Ohio State class of 2024 at some point, despite some recent crystal ball predictions for Kentucky or rivals future cast predictions or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I still think he's going to end up at Ohio State. And I'm more convinced today on Wednesday afternoon than I am than I whoa, have been. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's well, Thursday. Morning. Today's Thursday. More convinced on Thursday morning than I have been <laughs> that he fits here 100 percent as an athlete. Like there, there is a room for an athlete like that. I just don't know what it is. Can he play Jack? Probably not. But we'll see. But that's like the definition. This is what Jim Knowles says. Like a guy that's like too small to play tight end, and he's not fast. Enough there is no play. offensive Jack though. Yeah, but he he said like it's a guy who's like a high school running back. He's gonna play the Jack. Don't worry about he's, it. He's he's definitely not gonna play the Jack. <laughs> Everyone is playing the, Jack. playing the Jack. But he's also like not, eleven Jacks. He's not thick enough to be like the H back role. Like I, I, he doesn't know how to block. He doesn't I just don't know where he fits. But I know that he's gonna fit at Ohio State one way or the other. And that Keenan Bailey will deserve credit for him to be a second tight end in the class of twenty twenty four. No matter if he's an athlete or or what. I just don't know where he plays. It's hard to project like how much bigger he can get because yeah. he's not six foot five he's six foot two it's like you're not gonna be six two oh, but he's thin framed yeah you know what i mean like there's yeah. not like a big bone it's, where you're like oh, but you it's need. interesting yeah. it's like I, like I don't, yeah i don't know I, I you're right he athletically he definitely has the profile to play here it's just like where i'm gonna scoop up some more stock on julian fleming and we talked about this the other day and the reason maybe it's just because of the few people that i've seen actually doing workout stuff but last week i he was in there, brought out the Monarch. Marvin Harrison wasn't around. Julian got to, you know, have a little moment with the Monarch. With, yeah, without Marvin around. I don't know if he got permission or wow. if this was behind Marv's back. I doesn't believe the Monarch did that. Doesn't matter. He had some opportunity. Monarch, no! He was working out pre-team run. Uh, he was the only one doing the routes. Uh, had the shirt off. Looks quite good. But you could also see a scar here and a scar here. We already knew about the shoulder uh, surgery last he's year. He's more machine than Matt. Now. He's well. He's more healthy than he's ever been. He's more human than he's ever been because they didn't put metal into those shoulders that I'm aware of. I didn't check, but uh, he was moving like the guy that everyone wanted to see come out be a five star. The athletic stuff. He's rarely had an opportunity to do it at the highest level. Now I know he doesn't have pads on. They weren't running. You know he wasn't running against a defensive back. Um, but just you know talking with him a little bit about how different he feels. Uh, last year he said the same thing, but I didn't know that it was both shoulders that were bothering him. I'm like, well, now you're just going to be ready that the shoulders cleaned up. And then the other one popped up and there was a hip injury and some other things that he dealt with throughout the course of the year. I thought he was great in the peach bowl. I know how much, uh, Brian Hartline thinks about him and we've said a lot that, or how, how highly he thinks of him, not how much he thinks about him. I don't know. He might think about I, him a lot. You think he thinks that. about him a lot? Well, he's a, he's his position coach. Yeah. I don't think he ever turns it off, but always thinking about you. How about how much and how highly he thinks of him? There you go. I think that hearts. that's, I mean, he does see a lot of stuff. Ryan Hartline posts a lot on Twitter when people say that Marvin and Emeka are the two best in the country, that Julian has to be somewhere in that top 10 list, which he rarely is. So I, I think you add all that in together, uh, maturity, understanding the offense, being healthy, route running, all the things that we've talked about for Julian Fleming. Perhaps I'm going overboard with it, but I would I would scoop up a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, I think it's it's worth mentioning too after a spring where I think we were trying to find a few different guys who could like challenge Julian for the snaps he got last year. It's like maybe he's good enough that it won't happen. Yeah, that, I mean that was 
we watched Carnell Tate get his reps and everyone went crazy over him. And I would say that there's good reason. There's nothing wrong with Carnell Tate as a true freshman, but you just remember the track record for Ohio State wide receivers and the way that they uh, have been patient or had to wait for some other guys to get into year three, year four, year five before taking the next step. And like, Julian Fleming did not like stop being a really good athlete. He was injured. And then there was the development track that wasn't the same as, as it was for Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, um, anyway, I want to talk about a different development track and stock up on the future of James Laurinaitis as an assistant coach slash whatever else he wants to be, because there was all the questions in the last couple of years. And, and that's why he ended up taking that first year at Notre Dame, because people weren't sure, like, are you fully committed to this life and watching him out here the last week, watching him out here, every single camp setting. That guy loves being out here and loves coaching yeah. these high school players and, and working with the, the Ohio State linebackers. And you can really get a sense of like, that is a star in the making as far as a coach goes. And just talking to him in passing, like he wants to be on the road. Like he's like, I want to be out recruiting. I want to do this stuff. And if he's that into it, it's going to be really hard for Ohio State to keep him from taking that role mm -hmm. for too long. Like that guy is a superstar. People will make the natural comparison. So will Brian Hartline and James Lord has played together position coach played in the NFL, played their position, coach position. It's fair. It's a fair comparison because the way that linebackers are talking about James Laurinaitis around the country is extremely reminiscent of the way that wide receivers gush about Brian Hartline. And uh, it, it's like for people who are waiting for the Ohio State defensive backs or the, the defensive recruiting to come back. Like you need to have someone like that in, at the four because Larry Johnson, as great as he is in person, doesn't get out and really excite people in the way that uh, Laurinaitis is right now. So. James Lauren, I had a stock way up. Whatever he wants to do here, he's going to do. Yeah. Actually, I had a conversation with him on Wednesday, which was yesterday. And I was like, this is weird. I'm having deja vu. I feel like I'm talking to Brian Hartline like four years ago. Like it's, and it wasn't about that particular topic. It was about something else. And I'll keep that between us. But like, you can tell. Was it about how much he thinks of Julian Fleming? <laughs> well, I did ask him and he said not that much because yeah, he plays wide receiver. But uh, yeah. I did ask everybody else. And so I, I wanted to get a gauge for how much. But anyway, stay tuned for Austin's <laughs> rankings of how much people think about James yeah. Lorenzo. Yeah, and, and how highly. Like, that's two different stories. I'm going to stretch it out. Never mind. James Lorenzo. I think that's a good one. Thanks. Uh, I think just quickly, the uh, freshman group of offensive linemen, uh, Luke Montgomery, Austin Saraville, Josh Padilla, Miles Walker, just walking around here, like, look look good. Like, I, I don't, not expecting much from any of them this year. Maybe Luke can be in the twos if, if, it, if things shake out his way. I think that that's possible. The I'm going to make a prediction that Austin Saravell's in the twos as well. Yeah, I think I can see it. Like they, and they're like in different parts of the journey, I think, of getting to where they need to be physically to be on the field, clearly. But they all look better than they looked when they first got here in the spring, which is what you would expect. But it's like, I don't know, it's just nice to see in a world where we're like, I don't know about the depth and the future of the offensive line. It's like, oh, you look at that, that force and you're like, okay. Like I can see it with all four of them. So, um, yeah, they're doing it. It seems like they're doing a good job. Burn, what's going to happen here today? More camp. Okay. More life. Who's going to be here? Really good, really good group of running backs uh, that Tony Alford has been excited to see and get on the campus. The main attraction and what people will talk about on social media and Twitter is that uh, Tavian St. Clair from Belfontin is expected to show up. Uh, we think Ryan Montgomery will be here as well to work out. And, and those two head-to-head -head will be 
what the stories are. They're not going head to head. They're both just trying to get better. And I, I hope people. I was told they're going to battle on the turf. I joust. I don't know if Didn't that's you happening. set that up for NIL. I did not oh. yet, but I'm working oh. on it. But I think it's important. It's you know those two will also both be expected to camp here next uh, Tuesday on the 20th. So they they want to just get better, uh, and that's going to be exciting. So it should be a good day of just watching young quarterbacks throw the football around, and they're both really good. Uh, it's people are going to try to create a bigger overarching story than really needs to be in existence, but that's what happens. I think it's just fun to see how they've developed yeah. since, since last summer when they're both here too. So yeah, it'll be fun. Or even since you saw them uh, at like the Elite 11. Yeah. 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 I mean, they've both of them, like I, I, I probably went a little overboard talking more about how much I thought Tavian improved, but Ryan also improved. Like I don't want that to get lost. So yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun show. I think on Thursday that it's fun to watch the quarterback uh, because Ryan day, as much as he wants to be CEO guy, like he's a quarterback in his mind. And so on a day like Wednesday or Monday's camp, like he's just sort of sauntering around. But like Thursday, there's only one spot he's going to yeah, be. He's not going to move. And he's going to be zeroed in, laser focused on the quarterbacks and watching them. And it's just neat to watch when he gets that invested in, in what they're doing because he understands that his career, I think Ryan Day's career, is linked to whatever happens at his quarterback position. Uh, and so he's going to be pretty stoked, I think, to see these two guys go at it. And that brings me to another point okay. that I wanted to bring up. Another stonk up mm. that it, this is a futures stonk. Ooh. Okay. The, Get your units ready. The way that people in this building are talking about Lincoln Keenholz. Oh, oh, no. Let's go. Oh, no. Is unbelievable. You've done it. And I don't know that it's fair. But I think it's great because it's a position that Ohio State in the last five years, there's so much pressure and expectations put on these kids in recruiting that Keenholz comes in here without any real pressure because people are always just this kid from South Dakota. The way that the players in this building and coaches in this building are talking about Lincoln Keenholz and the things that he's doing and the, the competitive nature that he is exhibiting, it is, it is a little bit freaky. That's all I'm saying. So... On the one hand, here's Firm saying it's a little unfair to be talking about this kid yeah. in June as a true freshman. And then on the other, he's like, "Hey guys, I'm just this is a future stalk." <laughs> but yeah. you just you know how it's going to go. I am I am strictly saying this is a future stalk. Okay. He's clearly not the guy this year. Okay, or but, next year. But uh oh, now the kid. Now you we'll see how we'll, now see, you've we'll, both see how done the, it. we'll see how the board The out. things <laughs> the things are the things people are saying are interesting. I did. I, I think, right. We have to like tread lightly here. But it, he was not like a. We need a quarterback. I guess let's take this guy. Kind of addition. Like he's. I think he's got the goods. He's got the goods like two, three years from now. But they're there. Burn being infatuated with him now because he hit three dongs in a softball yeah, game last week. Yeah, me too, week. man. I just think that watch his high school baseball highlights. The, the the things that people are saying. It's just like the competitive nature of this kid is different yeah. than. Most others. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Stonk up for the future. Future stonk. Not South today. South Dakota Slinger, is that what we're calling them? <laughs> I think that's what you have to. Okay. Yeah. The SDS. <laughs> that might be taken. I don't Church know. Church of the SDS. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, all right. Yeah. So that's going to be some coverage coming at OhioState.Rivals.com. And, of course, on the podcast after camp on Thursday, which is today. Hope you have a great day. That's Bill and Burn. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.